so our guild eternal kingdom that chris runs is a trade hub right so he's got a ton of vendors from other players because every player runs their own vendors and people can search for eternal kingdoms through a list so people will put like trade in parentheses in front of their eternal kingdom name so that way it's like a tag yeah, you just type in trade and be able to find so it. his so our eternal kingdom is called trade battlefield mall <laughs> which again which is such a great name though i know because it's a fighting game so it, it's yep. a battlefield i was like Dude, a you have to use battlefield mall because it's a battlefield game like it makes yep. sense to be clear for everyone not from our hometown that's the name of the local mall <laughs> that yeah, we have good here. old wilson's creek battlefield right because there's a well there's a street too that it's on called yeah, Battlefield, right. which is yeah. yes, based on that civil war battlefield that's here welcome to pick up your sticks where we talk about why gaming matters with your hosts brett lindley and walker near i'm brett and this week we're taking a deep dive into walker's show the crowfall podcast as well as his time with the new mmo of the same name if you want to support Pick Up Your Sticks, you could buy us a cup of coffee at our Ko-Fi page, which is ko-fi.com slash pod. And as always, we are joined today by my illustrious and omnipresent co-host, Walker Nier. Walker, how are you? I am everywhere all at once. Yeah. yeah. Wow. All the time. Yeah, a little bit of everything all the time. This is why so many people I know seek therapy, I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, man. No, I'm doing great. Doing great. Uh, glad to obviously be here with you. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, you have been now this is this is kind of one. I feel kind of terrible, but I wanted to get I wanted to get the in-person experience first. Um, you have been you have been working on the Crowfall podcast for a little while now. And I, as a terrible and unsupportive friend, have yet to pick up on it. So so actually, I will jump in and immediately say, no, you are not a terrible and unsupportive friend. And that's not me trying to soften it or make you feel better. Um, so, yes, I do have a new show called The Crowfall Podcast, which is all about the MMO that was released in early July of 2021 called Crowfall. Um, however, the reason I say that you're not a bad friend for not listening to that, I mean, even if it was about... I don't know, your favorite thing in the world. You still don't have to listen to it to be a good friend. But I understand what you're saying. So obviously I want to talk about the game because that's what our show right. <laughs> is about. But I also do want to talk about the the experiment that this podcast is to some extent uh, because that's been an interesting undertaking as well. And so the, the reason I say all that is that, you know, you and I have our own indep shows independently of this one. This one is about video games, but it's pretty broad, as anyone who's listened to the show would would, would see. Um, and so I wanted to try and make something that was ultra, ultra niche. Like, how niche can we get? And so I decided to, to yeah, not sight unseen. Like, I did play technically for an hour or two in the closed beta, but basically pre-ordered the game and decided with a, another uh, mutual friend of ours to start the Crowfall podcast before we'd even before the game was launched we recorded episode one i th think the day the game came out but the servers were down all day like every mmo launch of so course. yep right so um episode one is us talking about what we hope it will be i think um but anyway so all of that is to to 
tie the land this plane is that if someone doesn't play Crowfall, I don't expect that they would be interested in listening to the Crowfall podcast because it is exclusively about that. So if you've never seen it or you don't play it or you don't know anything about it, I mean, maybe it could be interesting to you still, but the conversation is very much that. And we're not experts on the game, so it's not like you have to be an expert. But again, if you've not seen it, then what we're saying isn't going to make sense because we're not explaining everything to someone that's fair. who doesn't that's know fair. you know what i mean I mean, i guess to some extent though neither do kotaku writers talking about eve online like that's true but they're in that they're they really do kind of explain what how things work like when they explain that a titan class ship has been destroyed they explain that that takes several months to create right. and okay, that's worth fair. this real you know what i mean i just i guess i mean like i i, I definitely wanted to hear your firsthand experience because we actually haven't really talked about your experience with it outside right. like like we oftentimes talk about games that we're playing before we record our episodes mm-hmm. and i i have not got so like i've not gotten the trailers i've not gotten spoilers i've got nothing that has led up so i actually coming into this and i don't really know anything about the game like I haven't, I don't know anything about the game, and I don't know anything about your time with it. So I'm, I feel very new in this. Yeah, well, and it's a brand new game, so that's a that's a great feeling to have. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a very unique game. Uh, but hey, here's the other thing that we haven't actually said the word, but we have already talked it, about. Yeah, MMO. it's already an MMO. Yeah, but. Everyone should rejoice. I started a podcast about an MMO. So that's true. So hey. every episode, every episode <laughs> is right out the gate. It's just, yeah, it's, it's not a running joke. It's, it's just my it's life. It's just now. the podcast. Right. <laughs> well, let's, let's do a little bit of time on the game so I can get a, a better yeah. understanding of that. And then we can kind of jump back and hopefully have a little bit more understanding of what your podcast is and does from there. Sure. So, so it's, it's obviously an MMO that's, that's out of the water, but I guess, what type of MMO is it? And and what are some of the key things that make it like the same as standard MMOs and different from other MMOs? Yeah. So, you know, you and I have, have talked on this show before, you know, last year we did episodes about sandbox MMOs. I had, had jumped into Albion online, which I also played a few years ago. You had played uh, dual universe kind of right. I think when it launched maybe in like a beta release or something, but Either way, and, and so we've talked about the the appeal of sandbox MMOs. And when I say sandbox, what I mean by that is it's like EVE Online is an example. Albion Online is an example. Um, there are probably others that could be classified like this, but it's largely a player-driven economy. And the PvP is not tied to a faction like in world of warcraft where your hoarder alliance or something like that so it's it's mostly guild versus guild pvp and like there is a very very tiny amount of pve but mobs they do drop some gear but the majority of the gear is obtained through crafting um so so anyway so yeah so it's a sandbox kind of mmo I wouldn't say it's open world in the way that Eve is, or even Albion. Albion's less open world than Eve. Um, but anyway, so so yeah, so player-driven economy, heavy emphasis on crafting, heavy emphasis on on P- 
PvP, really specifically guild versus guild PvP. And as far as what makes it similar to other MMOs, I mean, it's a fantasy MMO, so you've got actually a pretty wide roster of, of races. Uh, you've got, you know, your classics like dwarves and four different versions of elves, but there's a minotaur, there's a centaur, which was, I thought, really cool. Um, although, disappointingly, when you mount with a centaur, you don't actually get on another horse, which I was really Aww, hoping would be. <laughs> yep, yep. In fact, there's not any visual difference when you're the centaur and you quote unquote summon your mount. You just run faster than you otherwise were. What happens if you get a flying mount? There's no flying, but it's yeah, but like <laughs> that's like an eventual thing. Like Pegasus wings. I, I, guess, I don't know. Yeah, I don't like know. Little, well, like a centaur with Pegasus wings would still be pretty hilarious. So. It would be. Um, one thing that I wish they had that that WoW has in, in WoW, you can as a druid, you can turn into like a deer and then other players can jump on your back and ride you. Um, you cannot ride the player centaurs in Crowfall, oh. which is, yeah, a little sad for me as well. Other than that, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it depends on how deep you, how detailed you want to get and what's similar. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's HP and mana. And well, no, okay. And, so like, know. so like, what about the class system? So yeah, there's there's a variety of classes, um, and the classes is it, is it are like the the tank healer DPS essentially, or yes. And the reason I say it with that caveaty sounding tone is that there's not really traditional PVE that would demand those things. Right. But yes, there are classes and within classes builds. So like for example, the cleric, or I'll do the druid because I have one of those. Uh, the druid has effectively what you could call three specs or specializations. Um, so you have your you, you have the druid, you have your talent tree. The talents for the first I don't know. There's 20 talent points total for the first 15 levels or for 15 talent points. It's the same options no matter what specialization you would choose. And then at the end of the talent tree there are three choices and this was the same for every class there's three choices and whichever one of those choices you make opens up a new little mini tree with just a few options after that but that choice then disables the other two kind of sounds like a almost like a borderlands-esque system like, yeah. like a little bit like kind of definitely more borderlands than path of exile Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. So, like, for example, with the Druid, one specialization is full healer, one is full DPS, and one is a hybrid of DPS and healing. And so the same thing goes for, you know, what you might consider, like, a, if you're going to be a knight, then the knight can be one of three specializations that I can't remember off the top of my head. And probably one of those is tanky, one of those is a fighter, and one of those is kind of a hybrid kind of deal. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, and the classes are tied to the races. So, it's restricted by race, I should say. So, not any race can be any class, uh, which I, I appreciate to some extent. I mean, that's not unique to Crowfall. Even WoW has that. Um, but, yeah. So, it's it, it, it's kind of cool in being able to know at least at a baseline when you see another player well if he's a dwarf which they're called a stoneborn but if they're a dwarf that means they're one of these like three or four classes right right 
Um, so it's a way to, because there's not otherwise factions that the races are tied to. Right. It's a, a useful way to be able That's to That's kind of cool that you can like see at a distance and have at least a guess as to at what least... could be coming at you. Right. And then the, as far as I know, well, that's not true. Some classes use unique weapons. So the druid, for example, if you're the DPS spec, you use like a sickle and a shield. And if you're the hybrid spec or the healer spec, then you use a two-handed staff. I don't know if I'm entirely sure, but I'm pretty sure that the druid is the only class that uses either of those weapon types. Right. So you'll, again, little little things to see, that, which I think is awesome. I think yeah. that's super cool. Um, is there, here? here's the killer question, any artificer or alchemist? Yes, alchemist. Mm, it's not, artificer is like tool or like jewel maker. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, so the game. So yes to both. Actually. Oh, really? Now, now neither of those are classes. They're crafting. Oh. oh, OK. Nope, 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 nope. It can be a <laughs> skill. That's fine. Of course, it's a skill. Everybody <laughs> has it as a skill. I want a class that's based around it. If that's, yeah. if that's not the case, then no. I want no. I want potion throwing or robot crafting. Yeah. No, there's 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 neither of those things. And it's I mean, it's high fantasy. It's dead. It's dead to me. <laughs> I don't know. There are guns, so it's a little, it's like, and not frequently, but like one class is the duelist, and they use right. two pistols. So, uh, but they're, it's not like they're Glocks. They're old timey looking, you know, whatever, <laughs> fantasy pistols, whatever right, that means. Flintlocky. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, th there's so much. I I don't want to just ramble, so I'll just let you continue to ask questions because I don't want to yeah, just so. Dumb, so but there's a lot of stuff. So <laughs> so we've got like the the I'm assuming like third person perspective style mm -hmm. kind of gameplay. Yep. Okay. Um, Although I will say so to yeah. that though, it's not tab targeting. So in WoW and Final Fantasy 14 and most well, at least especially older MMOs, you select a target by clicking it or, or hitting tab and and mm -hmm. and the target is selected whether you're looking at it or not, and you have. Right typically a little window that pops up that shows you what that target name is, what its current health and mana maybe is and, and, and that kind of stuff. This game is not tab targeting, not target selecting. It's aiming, but it's not like FPS aiming. Like you're not he so you're trying I, to headshot. Yeah. I was going to say like, is it more like Dota aiming? Um, yes, but I would say that Dota is even a little different because Dota is more like, I don't know that there's a skill shot, okay. right? Like in Dota, that's basically there's... what the question is, is, is yeah. there a skill shot? I don't think so. It's more just like, where... so you can't pan the camera around yourself in the way that you can in most MMOs. The camera is kind of fixed behind your character. Okay. And whatever you're looking at is where you're aiming okay so it creates some interesting things too though because like so let's say me and you and a person i'm making up named tom right like you and tom are on a team and i'm fighting you if tom is standing between you and me i can't target you okay you see what i'm saying because my yeah, target's yeah, gonna yeah. pick up him right now there are aoe abilities and things like that that might right right you, but... right so maybe like a little bit closer to something like a smite 
or even that is a little too skill shotty and it's more it's i mean I get, I get what you mean with the intervening character and that does cause a lot of interesting mm-hmm. like tactical decisions that can be made in a largely pvp based game um, right and it's also it's not again it's not so demanding that like you're you know trying to line up the pixel it's it's not asking you right. to be a good aimer but it is so it's forgiving certainly um but there's there's not a skill shot mechanic at least that i'm aware of now i say that i mean i guess there are things that you target an aoe on the ground and that's where the aoe goes but i i don't i'm not aware of a, like what i'm thinking skill shot i'm not aware of like shooting a flying bolt across the screen and your aim really matters um I don't think it's and most MMOs don't usually try and depend on you having really precise aim because it's too laggy. There's too many variables and, you know, it breaks right, down. Right. That being said, Planet Side 2 is an FPS MMO. So, you know, grain of salt. It, it can be done. <laughs> grain of salt. Um, so with a huge economy that is largely based on crafting, hmm. um, what are you getting your mats from then? Like, cause in dual reuniverse, you're like digging up the terrain itself. Right. So right. are you dealing with respawning rocks or like, yes. Okay. So respawning rocks. So the terrain is not modifiable in any way. Um, the economy is really, really weird. And I don't, I, I'm going to, I feel like I'm going to have to explain more than what you just asked to make sense of it but no yeah i mean that is kind of the question like that's gonna be the next questions anyway is like how does an because like the problem with a skill-based crafting economy is you either have to have things take ridiculous amounts of time to make um to like get high level items or cost ridiculous amounts of resources to craft or some combination of both and even that does not stop a runaway train from like even medium sized sized guild just starts like you like you have to compete in your guild level right like the economy just runs away and everybody eventually gets the everything right so 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 yes i'll again i'll try and yeah i need it's whatever whatever primer i need to understand the economy i'm sure every game tries to do something to subvert this so i'm interested to see how crowfall does it yeah, and feel free to ask clarifying questions or whatever at any point as I describe this. But so to start off, um, almost uh, more than half, I don't know, a lot of the gear that you wear has durability. And the durability ticks down anytime you're in combat, whether or not you're taking or doing damage. If you're in combat, Oh, really? Just the, the effect of being in combat. Just being in combat. That's and anytime, interesting. Anytime you die, you lose 5% durability on everything that loses durability. Oh, wow. Now, the reason I put that little caveat in there is like, for example, you can get a toolkit for gathering. So there's a toolkit for skinning, for mining, for logging, so on. That is an example of something that you're wearing, but it doesn't have a durability. So it doesn't ever have to be replaced. But all of your armor, all of your weapons, your mount, uh, your jewelry, you know, there's ring slots, there's a necklace slot, all of that has durability. And there is no repair mechanic in the game. So 
there is no like in a lot of games and this is something else that kind of separates this from a lot of other games is in most games there is a ultimate weapon or sword you can get and in a game like albion or eve i mean maybe it's not a sword in out in eve obviously but even if you get the top thing in those games you could lose it to pvp right your ship can get blown up in eve and albion you drop all of your stuff that you're wearing on death right in crowfall again this is where it's, there's so many things in crowfall if you're in the um guild versus guild campaign as they call it uh or server is a, another way to think of it but if you're doing the guild versus guild when you die, you lose everything in your inventory, but you drop nothing that you're wearing, right? So if it's in your bags, you drop it. If you're so wearing like if it, you've looted other people, you don't get to keep that stuff. If, but... Yeah, if you've died, right? If, if you were to die. However, and so, it, so it's, it's full loot, but you're not dropping everything. But this is what the idea behind it is that if you drop everything in your inventory, then the stuff that you lost didn't go away. It's still in the game world. And so it doesn't technically have to be replaced in the larger game, if you will. Okay. It does for you as an individual. Right. So their idea or the thought is that by making it so instead of your gear dropping, it just deteriorates. It forces that there is always a demand to make more gear because right. it's, it's always going to break. Whereas if you just dropped it, Technically, a guild, you know, a more powerful guild or group of players could be hoarding other people's stuff. And now they're not having to craft because they're just using other right. people's stuff. In this case, that doesn't happen. So how does the game deal with is there a like merging of because you said there's no repair, but can you like merge two low level pieces of gear to get it a little bit? So like, how do you deal whether the game or you as a player with like equipment that's in the red? Because obviously it's you want to use it until you break it but also you want to have something to be able to replace it with like yeah or do I you mean, just throw it on the ground and say if it's if it's got two percent durability left i'm going to replace it and just throw it away yeah you could vendor it right okay. and make the tiny amount of gold that comes from it um but yeah that's it there there is no way to redeem an item's durability because at least like like merging two red items to get even if it just at like averages their durability like even if yeah. it may be lower or something but you get something back out of it because then they would make those items worthwhile in some sense but yeah nope there's there's no way and again it's it their ex explanation is that it's their attempt or their method to drive um to drive the the player driven economy and to make sure that players always have a need for more equipment so so as far as how you get resources to do this crafting with yeah there's there's rocks there's trees and there's different kinds of rocks and trees although they are not of themselves tiers so copper is not better or worse than iron is not better or worse than now i can't think of the other metals but whatever other tin right right, right. instead um whenever you hit the rock for example little rocks pop out of it that you can loot and those can be white quality green quality blue quality purple quality 
versions of the tin or the copper or whatever it is, right? So, so the quality tiers, again, are not separated by the type. It's instead within each type, they all have their own quality tiers. Okay. And the way the crafting works, which I also think is really interesting and wholly unique to my understanding of MMOs, and I've played a lot of them, um, you, like if I want to craft a chest piece, like a plate mail chest piece, the, the combination of types of materials that I use, whether it's copper or tin or whatever, iron, that dictates what stats are imbued into that gear. Okay. So you just kind of either have to look at a chart that someone else already figured out and made or experiment on your own. And there's some combinations that don't work and the game will just tell you that doesn't work. Um, so you're... Games, oh, sorry, oh, no, go, go ahead. ahead. I was just... You're, you're, you're kind of in a position where you've got to like copper, copper, tin, 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 copper, like and compare and contrast. Yeah, exactly. And then if you have, you know, all purple quality tin and copper, that's going to generate a higher quality of the chest piece. So let's, I'm just totally making this up because I'm not looking anything up right now. Let's say you combine tin and copper and iron and that gives you plus strength, right? Right. So if you do that with all white materials, it's plus strength, but let's say it's plus five. If you right. do it with purple or blue materials, maybe it's plus 10, but it's still plus strength. Right, right. right. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And I've never seen a game do that. Every game I've played the that I can, unless I'm just misremembering, but it's all these tiers like iron is tier one. And then when right. you get to tin, now you're at a higher level of gear, right? Higher quality tier of gear. And that's true across the board. That's not just true for metal. So wood works that way. Leather works that way. Stone huh. works that way. All of it works. Okay. Like that. Yeah. That's really interesting. So basically keeping it to where tin is always going to be useful. Cause like if tin adds generally magic stuff and mm -hmm. iron generally adds durability or strength, mm -hmm. then maybe you want, you know, armor that has really good durability but doesn't give any stats it's just flat damage reduction or you right. know gives extra magic damage but has really crummy durability but you've got like kind of a glass cannon sort of build so do you feel like there's a pretty even distribution of those types of stats and types of armor like like what i mean is enough so that you see people using different types of it yeah, absolutely. Because um, there's a lot of things you can imbue. It's not it's not just like plus to health or plus to strength. I mean, that's all there, but then it's also plus to resistances or plus to elemental damage types or plus to slashing damage or plus to crushing or whatever. Like there's a ton of nuance in that. So, yes. Now, like and again, I might be might be slightly incorrect, but I'm pretty sure it's iron. Like in, if you're crafting metal armor, iron is in I think all of the recipes is kind of the base ingredient and then the others you're adding in to get whatever stat combination. So right. iron, at least in my understanding is probably technically more valuable because it's used more. Yeah. There's a bigger sink for it. Right. But it's not inherently superior in any other way. Right. Whereas like gold may only add magic buff 
Right. But nobody's making gold, gold, gold. They're doing like iron something gold. So they're not using it as much. But yeah, that's that's kind of interesting. There's got to be I would love to see some of the back end like resource distribution charts. Right. For stuff like that. Like there's got to be some wild math going on in there for how much of it, like how rare is something versus how often it's used. So so to go on to stay on the gathering just for a moment. And this is actually also true in the crafting. So in almost any other game, you do a thing and either doing that thing specifically gets you experience for it. So like in, I'll just use WoW as an easy example. In WoW, if you want to level mining, you go hit the mining node and it has a chance based on how high level that mining node is compared to your mining skill to level you up, right? Right. It's like a Valheim sort of system too. Yes. Um or there are other games where like you're crafting things and, and the act of crafting generates XP for that. And that's how you level it. Right. In Crowfall, you can go hit a tree and you do not gain logging experience or whatever from hitting the tree. What you have a chance to do if you're in at least above a minimum threshold of level zone. So you can't get, you can't do this in the starter zone, for example. I think you have to be like whenever you go to a tree, for example, it'll be rank one through 10, 10 being the highest. So I think it has to be like rank six or higher on any resource node in order for it to have a chance to RNG drop a higher level version of your craft or your gathering. So oh, wow. Again, <laughs> so so to do gathering, you go to a vendor and you buy what is called a, a discipline. And this is something that you uh, attach to your character. You don't drop it on death. It doesn't have or well, you don't drop anything on death like that, but it doesn't have durability. It never has right, to be right, right. So it's a white level quality of we'll just go with logging. Okay or wood cutting, whatever it's called. We'll just call it logging. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> so you have white logging. So you go out and you're hitting at least rank six trees or higher, and they have a chance to drop a green logging discipline. Nice, nice. Okay. So to make, so then you can, you can replace your white level one with the green one, right? Mm -hmm. However, now you don't have a chance to drop blues. You still just have a chance to drop greens. And so this is from, from me, sixes or do you have to like find sevens to drop, which drop nope. blues? Nope. nope. There is no dropping of more than green as far as I'm aware. Okay. So when you ask me if there's like rune crafting or artificing, there is as a craft. And so what you can do in that is you, one of the recipes that, that is there is you take three green disciplines of the same kind, plus a few other resources and you craft them into the blue one. So to get Roger cube kind of action going on. So to get a purple one, cause it goes all the way up to orange. Right. So to get a purple one, you'd have to get nine green ones to drop to form three blue ones to make a purple. And then that is again, true. So you'd have to get 27 green ones yep. to get the three blues, to get the three purples, to make the legendary one. And each gathering skill 
also has, like I briefly mentioned earlier, a toolkit that's like a belt slot that also gives advantages, bonuses to whatever gathering you're doing. That also takes the disciplines to be combined. And, right. And it's all RNG. So you might go hit rocks for an hour and you might get three disciplines. You might get one, you might get none. I've never seen a game tie its progression to RNG. Yeah, like skill progression. Right. I mean, I mean, a little bit. There's a little bit of Path of Exile there, right? Like kind of with like, Uh, because there are some of the skills, like the skill gems, right? Yes, but once you but have they it, don't, you level yeah, it once by, you have it, you have it. You level it by using it, right? Right. <laughs> right. So yeah, very strange. And so so there's the there's 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 gathering and then crafting works the same way. When you craft, you make something and you have a chance to proc an extra discipline of, of that. crafting. Oh of wow. that craft. Right. Yep. And so then the same thing, and there's toolkits for all the different crafts. And then, and this isn't tied to the economy directly in, in, the, in what we're talking about with, with crafting, at least. But I described earlier, you have your talent tree and you have your specializations. Well, then you also have major and minor discipline slots. So you have two major and two minor, and these are okay. independent of the crafting ones. The crafting ones are called exploration disciplines. So you have major and minor disciplines. Well, these are also runes that give either passive benefits or maybe they give new abilities. Like on my Druid, I don't have resurrect dead players as an innate ability, but there's a minor discipline that I have access to as a Druid that I can slot in that gives me res as a spell, right? Okay. Um, Or, but there's other things where maybe it just gives you a passive bonus where with this minor or major discipline, you have bonus to damage or whatever. Those also can all be upgraded you buy white versions of those from a vendor and then one specific type of mob drops oh lord green disciplines oh man back to the same thing now to like to combine them do you have to have a certain crafting skill requirement to be able to combine them no it's okay because that that actually was kind of like a dual universe thing Mm. is like you would have to have a certain skill level to be able to use. Maybe you could build the bigger machine, like the bigger factory combiner assembler or whatever, mm-hmm. but you wouldn't be able to program it. You could just mm-hmm. manufacture it. Right. And so you would have to have another skill that you had leveled up that allowed you to use the machine. So like it drove the economy in a way that there were some, it, the hope, the idea was that some people could build the machine and especially the highest level things that take, 30, 40 days to get one rank in, right? Like they could build the machine, but then you would want people that spent their 30, 40 days in using the machine. So they would want to buy machines from people that could craft them and people that could craft them would want access to people that could use them Mm, and barter or trade for if you produce me five things off of this machine, I'll sell you one or something like that. So the way that that's more true in this is like to make a weapon, there's a weapon crafting, whatever skill, uh, trade. So you want to make a sword. Well, to make the sword, you have to make a blade, but you also have to make hilts, but the hilts are in the leather working tree. So it does try and incentivize. It doesn't force it because you can actually do 
So you only have two um, crafting skill slots, whether they be gathering or crafting, that you can have equipped at any time. Right. But you can unequip and equip new ones without any loss. That's cool. So That's cool. technically, as your own character, you could do all of the crafting. But, the but it's probably more beneficial. Yeah, it's highly incentivized to do it as a group. Um, and that's a theme that runs throughout the game. The entire game right. incentivizes people to play together. Um, very hard to do anything of meaning by yourself in the game. So. So, yeah, so leveling your crafting and your your gathering is very bizarre yeah and that's kind of it's not exclusively because again there's the major and minor discipline which is more combat centric um but that's a lot of the progression because the max level is 30 okay. if you subscribe monthly or if you pay in-game gold you can buy a tome you can level any newly created character to 25 instantly okay and again the character limit is 30 Right. So you basically skip the entire leveling process. Even without that, though, like my first character, I was like, oh, I want to play, even though I'm sub. Right, I I'll play, play through, through it. it. Yeah. Six hours from one oh, to three. Wow. wow. Now, here's another weird thing. 30 is a soft cap. Which, okay. again, I've not seen in another MMO. Yeah. So 30 well, is do a you soft have to get cap. more 30th level druid tokens to combine them together to get the 31? No, not exactly. <laughs> there is a um, there's centaurs actually. No, <laughs> right? Yeah, correct. No, there. So there's another crafting profession called necromancy, and a gathering profession called grave digging. Necromancy is again not a class. You're not a necromancer fighter. It's a crafting right. skill. But the necromancers use grave digging parts, but they also require items from other gathering disciplines i think quarrying and maybe something else they can create vessels that also have unique stat bonuses that they can craft into them based on the materials that they use right. and the vessel enables you to level so there's a vessel that and and so basically when you start your vessel is like a gray level vessel and then you can get a green one and that enables you to level to 31. Uh -huh. And then, so there are vessels, so the final vessel would al allow you to be 35. Okay. So, like, right now at 30, if I don't have a new vessel to get to 31, I gain no experience from killing things. If I equip a vessel, and again, the vessel is kind of like the toolkit. It doesn't drop, it doesn't deteriorate. Right, it's right. But once you have a vessel that enables you to get to 31, now you can get XP again to level up to 31. There's no more talent points with the last five levels, um, but there are a, a, a there's a stat cap increase, so you can have higher maximum stats, kind of thing. So not okay. not game breakingly more powerful, but certainly a 35 character could be 50 points, I think, stronger in any given stat than. A level right in a game of where it's like who makes more mistakes getting one or two more mistakes on your character is a pretty big edge right so so the reason i explain that though is because again the progression most mmos the progression is the leveling system and right. in this it's not you're 30 almost it's almost right more the crafting system please it tell is. me that grave digging has to come from actual player graves no 
Oh, <laughs> there are just graveyard. <laughs> that would be great. Maps. That'd be great. You it know? would be. Right. That would that would be nuts. Um, but no, it's it's not that. But yeah, so so yeah, the the progression is in many ways tied to your crafting, and the crafting is one of the few permanent things, or the or the disciplines that I described, the combat disciplines, because they do take an enormous amount of time to level up. But once you have them, they're yours. Like you don't right. have to do it again on that you know and really not even on that character because <laughs> so here's another weird thing your characters are not uniquely named you're you're so the game is called crowfall mm -hmm. so the idea is that the players are all these souls aka crows and they're going to these different realms to try and gain treasure and compete and whatever and so the the crows are falling into these vessels, right? Okay. Okay. So like my name in the game, my account name is Walks. So whether I'm on my druid or my centaur knight or my archer, I'm Walks, regardless of race oh, or wow. gender or anything else. I'm just my account name is Walks, and that's who I am, which I actually kind of appreciate because it it makes it a lot easier to keep track of who's who if someone mm -hmm. wants to play different characters. Yep. Right. There's not a lot of smurfing unless you've got full new accounts. Right, and it's built into the lore because of the crowfall thing. Why your wizard is the same name as your rogue, kind of right. thing. Right. Um, so, like that. The, the one question that I kind of have with the the like skills, because it sounds like it would be a huge boon and something that not a lot of players would do. But if you catch it, you would be greatly rewarded. Is like while you don't drop the equipped ones while you die. You drop stuff in your inventory. So if you have, you can only equip two skills and you have wood cutting purple in your inventory, but stone crafting and leather working equipped and somebody kills you, can they get that purple wood cutting? Yeah. I mean, you don't carry something into the, right. into the dangerous area, which is really the primary place the game is played you don't take stuff with you that you're not willing to lose. Now it's possible right. that you farmed something or that you got something up another player and you haven't had time to bank it and then you could lose it. So but what yeah. is the banking system like? Do you have infinite chest space? Do you have to pay for it? Do you have limited? Is it limited by the clan? Can you build more? It's also very weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you have so, soul slots. <laughs> right. In the pit of despair, where everyone throws items in the pit and you hope that it gets stored. No. So when you log into the game, you log in and you have your characters you can select from. So you select your character and then it has you select your world. Okay. So there are four currently versions of a world you could choose. You can choose your eternal kingdom, which is your own personal instanced zone where you can add chunks of land and it's it legit can be a kingdom like it's expansive okay. you can add new land chunks you can add buildings uh you can set up vendors there you can turn pvp on you can what it, it's it's your own personal thing that is not tied to the rest of the game world it's not accessible through the places where you're fighting right it's okay. its own separate world that you're choosing you can make it public or private. So my friend Chris that co-hosts the, the podcast with me, he is our guild leader. So he turned his personal eternal kingdom into the guild's eternal kingdom. So we've got a legit giant castle that someone in the guild donated. We've got guild houses. 
We've got small cottages that other players have claimed and live in. And each chunk of land in the Eternal Kingdom is a parcel. And the parcels can have unique rules set for them and can be given to other players. So even though Chris is the owner of his own Eternal Kingdom, he could grant me a parcel as a noble in his Eternal Kingdom. And then I can set the rules for it. So I could turn PvP on for my parcel if I wanted to or not. Um, I could have chests that are available only to me, or I could have chests that are available to other players. I could dictate those permissions through that. But Is anyway, it the so there's a place that chests are available. Not storage, but okay. So kind of, so you could build a personal chest that's in the eternal kingdom and that is its own little inventory box and whatever's in there is there and only accessible from there. Okay. Oh, hey, what's up, man? Is that uh, is that Indiana Jones that you're doing there? No, it's it's Star Wars. It's the Death March. Oh, right. Well, it's ominous sounding. So what's with that? Well, I mean, I was just imagining, you know, having to get in a character for when we have the corporate overlords that we'll submit to when we start selling out on ads. Oh, man. Yeah, it would be cool if there was some other way that we could fund the show. I mean, yeah, we we have a way, though. It's it's called ko-fi.com slash pod. People can just donate to Ko-Fi to help keep the podcast ad-free for the cost of about of a cup of coffee. Oh, well, that sounds way better. What mouth trumpet song would you play for that? Uh, I don't know. I don't have trumpet music for every situation, man. It's just kind of random. Oh, well, color me surprised. That's not a color. So back out of the Eternal Kingdom, though. So you're, you're at the you're at you've logged in. You choose your character. Now you're choosing your world. So you can go to the Eternal Kingdom, which I've just described. You can go to the starter world, uh, which is where the new player experience is, and where the introduction to PvP is. So the PvP that's available in in that starter world, the only thing you can lose at most is gold, but okay. on death. So, for example, if you PvP in those zones and you don't have gold in your inventory, you lose nothing on death. Right? Gotcha. Um, then there is faction versus faction world. So this manufactures three factions, sun, earth, and moon. And players can either individually align with them or if you're part of a guild, your guild is aligned with one of them. And so then you take on whatever alignment your guild has. Okay. And so then it's it's... Again, it is faction-based PvP, where when you go out into the PvP zones, anyone in your faction is on your team, and anyone that's not in your faction is a red name, and you can't help each other, you can't trade with each other, you can only ignore or fight one another, and that's really it. Um, there, the PvP risk is you lose, I think, half of the stuff in your inventory just at random, so not full inventory drop still. And then the fourth world is is the guild versus guild, and this is the what they consider the, the you know the meat of the game, the end game. This is where all the highest ranked resource nodes are to gather from. So you can't get a rank ten tree in the starter world or even right. in the faction versus faction world. But in the guild versus guild world, it's very dangerous because anyone that's not in your guild or your alliance, you can ally with up to four other guilds, um, is a red name. So right. if you see someone and you're probably fighting and whoever loses, loses everything they're carrying. 
So if you've been out farming, that's, you know, that's a problem. Right. But anyway, I'm just trying to set the stage because it's so, it's so unique. So from this world selection screen, you have an account vault that you can open. Okay. That has 400 slots in it. So it's not unlimited. You can't buy more. It's 400. Okay. This vault is accessible from any of the four. Well, that's not true. <laughs> any of the three first world options. So your personal kingdom has access to your vault that's separate from the personal chests you could set up in your right, 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 right. You have the starter world has your account vault. The faction versus faction has your account vault. At least I think it does. I might be wrong on the faction versus faction. It might not have account vault either. Definitely the guild versus guild though. It has its own separate bank. Okay. And the, the reason it works this way, and, and this is all ties back into the economy. Again, I, I feel like I'm so rambly, but no, no, so no, confused. it's, it's very interesting. And it's, it is making sense. Like I, I'm That's still, good. I'm still, I'm still <laughs> okay. Trying. Thank you. So when you go into the guild versus guild campaign or the faction versus faction, which is why I think the account vault might not be accessible there. Right. But we'll just stick to the, the guild versus guild. When you go to that campaign, you can only take, uh, 20 items with you and they have to be equipped. Okay. So you can't take an inventory with you and you don't have access to your otherwise existing account vault in the campaign. Right. And the reason for that, which is the whole reason that I wanted to play Crowfall and that I bought a year subscription at day one. And I started a podcast <laughs> on a game I never played is because, and I talked about this a few months ago when we were kind of previewing the game. The Guild vs. Guild campaign is a 30-day run. And at the end of that 30 days, a w winners are declared, rewards are doled out, and then there's a down period of maybe a week or two, and then a new campaign starts. And so you can bring in with you, you could craft a really awesome set of gear and bring that in with you, but you can't bring all of the resources you need to make the next 10 sets of gear. And because of the way the, the durability system works, you're going to have to replace your gear if you play with any frequency in right. that month. And you can't go out and bring more stuff in because you're limited to that campaign. I think typically what I've seen is like 20 tokens is what it's called. Yeah. So each item you bring into the campaign takes up a token. And once you've used those 20 tokens up, you can't take anything else in. Now you can export wow. stuff out. Right. Guild versus but Guild it still campaign. doesn't matter because you right, can't bring you can't, new stuff in. Right. Can't get yep. new stuff in. Which is awesome because it prevents the ultra wealthy from yep. steamrolling their wealth indefinitely. Now they're still going to have an advantage because they might have the top tier crafting and gathering skills. They, they might can have... bring in their 20 tokens are all the best armor. Potentially, and, right. You know, or their guild can bring in one person, 20 best armor, one person, 20 best weapon or one of everything or whatever. Like, yeah. But even well, still, they that gives them five runs. But they... But they, they they can't because the person can't bring in 20 weapons. The weapons have to be equipped on their right, person. Right. So if it's in their inventory, the inventory gets left behind. Okay. So each person has to bring in their own set of gear. Um, and then, yeah, once you're in there, now you have to recreate new stuff from within that campaign. So right. it forces even the most powerful guilds. They still have to go out and farm just like everyone else. To That's get pretty cool stuff right they've still got to go get mats yep like but tying back into the economy where so to be clear 
not this week's episode, and by the time this comes out, it'll be several weeks ago. One of our recent episodes, I'll just say, is titled Confusion is My Mistress. Because, again, the, the game has a lot of really unique mechanics and, and unique systems, but it it's just strange. So, for example, there's all this player-driven economy stuff, but there's not an auction house. There's not a centralized marketplace. The way selling from player to player works is you have to, in your eternal kingdom, set up a vendor stall and set up a vendor and then list stuff on the vendor. So you'll, you're the only one that will get this unless someone else listening is from our town. So our guild eternal kingdom that Chris runs is a trade hub, right? So he's got a ton of vendors from other players because every player runs their own vendors and people can search for eternal kingdoms through a list. So people will put like trade in parentheses in front of their eternal kingdom name. So that way it's like a tag. You just type in trade and be able to find. So his, so our eternal kingdom is called trade battlefield mall. Which again, which is such a great name though. I know because it's a fighting game. So it's a battlefield. I was like, dude, you have to use battlefield mall because it's a battlefield game. Like it makes sense to be clear for everyone not from our hometown, that's the name of the local mall. <laughs> that yeah, we have good here. old Wilson's Creek Battlefield. Right, because there's a well, there's a street too that it's on called yeah, Battlefield, right. which is yeah. yes, based on that Civil War battlefield that's here. But anyway, so so yeah, so we run the Battlefield Mall in Crowfall. <laughs> that's so great. That's I, I wish you millions of golds for that. <laughs> but so here's what's crazy though is there's no search system. So there's a search system to find EKs, but there's no search system to say, hey, I want to buy a uh, boots right there's no way to know where those are sold so players have to search for eks find an ek log into that instance and then it's not like it's just a wall of vendors right in front of you it's a whole right. zone find a vendor buildings and who knows yeah. where they play stuff find a vendor click on it look in its inventory see if it has, it has something boots. you want right and then go to the Man. next one so what this does That's- Go ahead, please. That's I mean, that's just ridiculous, though. Like it's crazy. I, I all I could think is that has to spur an economy for external websites. I, you would for think, like players to find workarounds. Yeah, you would think so. I, I would say definitely that would make sense. I, I'm not aware of that, but I'm not aware of all things Crowfall, certainly. Um, but anyway, so so what it does is it, it creates an unnecessary burden on buyers to A, know where things are, to B, be able to locate them and find them, and and just the time sink of running around. But it also creates a really weird scenario with pricing because you might sell boots for 500 and I might sell them for 5,000, but we might not know about that discrepancy in our prices and buyers might right. not know because and it's there's just, not yeah, an easy how, way to compare. No proof. Yeah. And sure, you might be paying 5000 here, but you may not find them for another hour. So, yeah, you could you may be overpaying tenfold, but good luck finding another pair of purple boots like. But now here's the weirder part. You can't take a bunch of stuff into the, the so the, the guild versus guild campaign is called the dregs. I have no idea right. what it means. That's just what they call it. You can't take anything in the dregs with you hardly. So you're not going to run around and buy a bunch of suits of armor and weapons. To what end? Right. <laughs> to what end? So it's this really weird economy system that's limited anyway. Well, then in the dregs, 
there are free cities and these free cities which are just on the map you know place locations you can also set up vendors so within the dregs there's a separate vendor economy that's oh, only accessible Lord. within there right but again is still not searchable not centralized and you're still i mean you're not having to search for what eternal kingdom to go to but you still don't know who's selling what where and for what prices i mean so it sounds kind of frustrating to have to ever buy anything like do you buy stuff as a player like you as a player me walker near has not bought anything from a player vendor uh in the game now there are i mean people also just sell raw resources people sell disciplines that drop right that are the rng drops right so there are stuff things to buy that are of Maybe a little value. bit more universally priced too right exactly you can um, know a little bit quicker if there would like blue wood is worth it or not you know right like. right precisely um but no i haven't because because yeah i do think it's really cumbersome so what it kind of does too though is it again really incentivizes people to work together with their guild because you're going to have a way better time having a guild that has people that fill all the roles and that are willing to work that together can make you purple blue boots right so you're just not take trying a to pair. find them right yeah exactly exactly yeah. and it disincentivizes it, it it incentivizes i guess i should say gathering raw resources and making stuff with them because again the, the vendor market is so crazy that and so weird and, and dislocated that it's like yeah i mean you could use the gold but you're better off to just go get the stuff. Just go make go it. make a pair of boots. Yeah. Right. But make a pair of green boots. And then if you find some purple, hoorah. Well, and the but thing you is, you also is, might be better off just finding purple leather. Right. Right. Just to then yeah. sell. And then now you can buy the boots or who yeah. knows. Well, and so the thing that it does again is it because who does the market benefit the most in this scenario? The individual player or the small gr group of players. Right. right? The very tiny guilds. Because they don't have potentially and especially if you're by yourself you don't have a bunch of people collaborating with you so the market would help that player stay afloat but because the market's so crazy and weird again it really incentivizes you as a player to like find a guild get into a guild and it doesn't have to be a mega guild because with the alliance system you could get into a smaller guild that's allied with others so that when you go out to the it the feels drag, like a mega guild still yeah you have more bases covered uh, but yeah, trying to play as a solo player, tough. So I don't know if we've if we've covered enough. I but I would I would like to yeah I feel I feel kind of bad here. Um, I well, I do want to spend some time talking about so so what is the format of the Crowfall podcast and, uh, oh. and what are you guys doing with that? Yeah, I, it so the, the the theme is sharing stories and perspectives from the world of Crowfall. So largely so far, what we've done is share some personal stories from playing um just different events we've been a part of or like one night i tried to gank a guy i didn't actually succeed he ran away so neither of us died but i tried to gank a guy he ran away and then like 10 minutes later i get a message in guild chat that's like hey please don't gank people in x guild and i was like is that me that they're talking about and they were like i don't know probably and I was like, how did that word travel so fast? Well, turns out our guild leader, my best friend for my whole life, but I didn't know any of this because I wasn't talking to him, 
at that moment, had been negotiating an alliance with this guild that oh, this Lord. guy was in that I just randomly, again, tried unsuccessfully to kill. Mm -hmm. He recognized the guild crest right away, jumped into our Discord that he's a member of because of the alliance negotiation thing, and started not... I mean, he didn't freak out or something, but complained in voice chat to other guild members about... Why are you guys killing like, us? Like, yo, why would we do this if you guys are just going to kill us? Like, Right. And I'm like, oh, come on. Hey, I, I, I didn't know that, that any of that was going and on. Just and just the one random person that you try to attack. Right. And look, if we're not allied, we're not allied because we weren't actually in the alliance yet. So right. his name is red. And it's like, do you expect me to memorize infinite every crest yeah. and no. on site? No, like, oh, that guy's in this guild. So he's a no like, come on. That's too much. No, no. Be green or die. Exactly. That's kind of that's kind of the way it is in like uh, in like uh, Sea of Thieves. It's mm -hmm. like if we have the ally flag up and you're approaching, we will shout at you. You better ally with us, because if you don't ally with us, we're just going to assume you're going to try to gank us. Right. So right. we will start firing on you like, yep. because you're just going to you're probably are going to try to gank us like more yeah. likely than not. So um. But anyway, so so yeah, so we share stories like that story as an example, and then I will go and comb the forums and talk about patch notes or talk about things that are they're discussing, developing. Um, they have a, a system on Twitter where you can upload. I think it's a video. I guess is primarily what I've seen, but players will upload gameplay videos and then describe what's happening, and then they do hashtag war story, and then the crowfall developer will pull those and post them on the war stories portion of their forum. So it's just a way for, for players to share, you know, like war stories that they've had. So there's only, it's not like that's super common. So there's been a handful of those. We've highlighted those. We've tried to highlight other content creators in the Crowfall space. So other streamers or other YouTubers, there are no other podcasts that we're aware of. Although the game was in development for six years and there actually were other Crowfall podcasts that started and have died <laughs> before the game <laughs> came out. Wow. Um, none of have them you gotten, called... Have you gotten any shout backs from like uh, Twitter, YouTube, other content creators, stuff like that? Other content creators, yeah. Uh, the game, the developer themselves, not as much, um, which is you know, it's fine. But yeah, so we're sharing stories and perspectives and then just, and that's why, you know, stories is kind of our experience in the game and then perspectives is just more general thoughts on the game or thoughts on patches and changes that they're making or the direction. Um, you know, just recently there was a lot of rumors, which have subsequently been confirmed about layoffs at the studio. So in one of the more recent episodes, we talked about kind of the state of the game and a lot of the stuff I've just described with these systems that are intended to drive an economy, but then all these weird barriers that make the economy hard to participate in. And like the fact that the leveling system is so fast. So as a new player, there's not a lot of time to learn the game. You kind of get to the end game right away. And now you're in guild versus guild, potentially versus people who've been playing the beta for six years. So there's, there's problems like that with introducing new players. Um, so I don't know. I don't know where the game's going to go. I mean, I, I am still really in love with the fundamental ideas of the game, the, the changing campaigns, um, I like the fact actually that there's not six months of leveling to play in the end game. Right. right yep. Yep. Um, I, I like a lot about the game. A lot of it's weird and, and at the very best unique. Um, 
But yeah, so I don't know. But anyway, yeah, so as far as the pro podcast goes, that's that's largely it. Just just us talking about our thoughts and experiences on it. And and, and to be completely honest, we don't really know exactly where it's going to go because I've never done anything like this. I mean, Pick Up Your Sticks is not about a game. Some might argue that we've talked a lot about StarCraft in this last calendar year, but it's still not a StarCraft show. You know what I mean? Right. If StarCraft goes under, we still have a show. Right. Then again, uh, I mean, you know, maybe the Crowfall podcast becomes the podcast where you just dive into uh, uh, games that may or may not succeed. And <laughs> yeah, it's been fun. I'm out. It's fun. MMOs are always um, exciting. I wouldn't say they're always best when they launch because a lot of most MMOs that succeed, I would say, actually get better over time. Which and is always have, you know, account 37 locked on day one. So, uh, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> but it's always exciting to be a part of a new MMO. And, and they've made some really significant changes already that I won't get into the minutia of. But they've done they've done a lot of things and taken some bold steps already that I'm impressed by. So, uh, yeah, it's exciting, exciting time to be around it. And yeah, again, my explanation of the economy and everything, I feel like that was really convoluted and I'm sure there's a lot more. No, we I mean, can it, talk about, it but... sounds like it's pretty nuanced and I think that that is necessary. It sounds like it's been thought out and like, yeah, there's some cumbersome parts of it, but that that cumbersomeness, if that's a word now, <laughs> uh, actually makes it better. And that having too sleek of an economy is too hard to balance where like instead, like maybe the economy isn't balanced, but it's it's such a garbage fire that you're lucky to get whatever you're looking for anyway, that it doesn't you're less worried about the balance then. Well, like, like Eve Online recently went through and I don't know the exact steps they took, but they went through a whole thing where they basically forced deflation into the game because the market was so saturated and there was so much stuff and prices were so high the economy was not where they wanted it. So they actually introduced a bunch of stuff to reduce the amount of stuff available in the market. So, and Eve is a game that very, it doesn't have a single centralized market. Right. But it. But does. we're not going to spawn iron asteroids for the next three months. <laughs> right. But <laughs> have fun guys. <laughs> it still has regional markets where you can right, search and right. you can find stuff. And it's way less bizarre than what Crowfall has. Yeah. Well, no, I think that that's I think that all of it sounds really cool. Like I'm even kind of interested, especially somebody that likes the crafting aspect of games. A lot of that's like, too. <laughs> yeah, there's that, but again, again, that kind of runs the whole like dual universe was the same way. But also in a lot of ways, like there has to be other engaging gameplay to be fun too, which dual universe didn't have. Well, um, and here's 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 the truth of MMOs, period. I don't care about honestly anything else about it if it's going to work and, and i you know i guess maybe this is just true for me because there are obviously there are exceptions to the rule but i would say generally for the vast majority of people if mmo is going to stick for you it's because you have a group of people to play with and there is a social element to it that's fun which makes sense because it's an mmo it's a massively multiplayer game and so if you're not playing with other people a lot and you're just playing by yourself uh there's just a lot better single player games generally now that being said world of warcraft specifically or final fantasy 14 really goes out of its way to cater to single player to people playing by themselves um and i know there is a substantial player base that doesn't play with others a ton or at least doesn't have a tight-knit group but crowfall doesn't offer any of those things for the single player right. to do. 
Um, and so, yeah, like it, I mean, and it's still because, of, you know, my best friend plays it and he has managed to put together a guild of pretty agreeable people that are pretty reasonable. There's not a lot of drama, like everyone kind of gets along and that's been, so that's been enjoyable as well. Um, and I think that's, so my point is being with dual universe, like you didn't really find a click that you connected with. And I think that's right. Essential. I mean, I found a small group, but it wasn't wasn't huge and even with that a lot of the a lot of the normal gameplay just wasn't a lot of the mechanics of the game didn't exist yet right so there was a lot of that but but overall i guess uh i know that you went into a lot of the community aspects which is largely kind of your go-to answer but uh overall why do you think that crowfall matters to you oh yeah no i wouldn't say because of the community i would say i would say as an mmo it is a very unique game and offer introduces a ton of really unique ideas into that space, a space that's been around for a long time. And in a lot of ways can be very samey um, in the, I mean, it's not Eve online. Eve online is probably the most unique <laughs> MMO I've ever seen both in setting and just everything, the way it works. But Crowfall is a very unique game and, and they're trying to solve some problems that other games haven't tried to solve, like solving the endless campaign by having 30 day campaigns or even the faction versus faction campaigns have been two weeks. So really short. And what that enables them to do beyond stifling the monster guilds from just amassing infinite wealth and using that to crush everyone indefinitely, it also allows them to introduce rule changes. So they can start a campaign where you're only allowed to group in groups of two. And that's it. And I mean, they haven't done that. Kind or of like the, but like modifiers or mutagens from other types of games is like special modifier for this campaign. I mean, to some extent, it's kind of reminiscent of what Path of Exile does with their seasons where yep. they introduce stuff. And if it works, maybe they keep it permanently. And if it doesn't, they scrap it. Um, in some ways, it's yet again, the, the roguelike genre finding its way now into MMOs. Like it's not exactly roguelike. It's not like everything's randomized necessarily or whatever, but you're constantly starting over. There's an end, there's an actual fin finality to what you're doing. And then you're starting the campaign over. And, and yeah, that's not something I've seen in other, in other MMOs. So again, I'm, I'm still really excited for it. It's uh it's definitely right now a pretty small community. It's a niche game. Now I don't think it's project Gorgon small or niche. Right. But um, yeah, it's little and we'll see how it goes. I mean, it's also a game that definitely requires somewhat of a healthy player base because the, there are no dragons to kill. The yeah, whole, there's no raid bosses. No, the the end game and mostly the game is either gathering and crafting to support PvP or PvP. And and that requires, you know, more people to, to keep that fun. So we'll right. see how it goes and. Uh, yeah, I may not have the Crowfall podcast in six months if the game doesn't survive, <laughs> but uh, so far... Well, hopefully think, you well, do. Hopefully you do. Yeah, for sure, man. So do you have anything else you want to add? Anything that... I mean, I'm sure there's tons of topics you could dive down. You've got a, a, a wealthy podcast at this point, number of episodes out. Um, so there's plenty of detail to get into, but is there anything else you'd like to cover on this episode? No. Uh, anyone that's interested can, can find the Crowfall podcast on any podcast platform or app. Um they have a referral system for Crowfall. So if someone wants to try the game, uh, they can use my referral code and they can have it for 10 days free access. 
and then you get 25% off if you decide to buy the game. Um, so if anyone's interested, they can email us at pickupyourstickspodcast at gmail.com or get at us on social media, and I'd be happy to give you the referral code. Um, but, but yeah, I'd say that's about it. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm excited. Now I can go listen to your podcast with a healthy primer uh, already built up. I love it. That's all for our episode today. If you like this episode, consider buying us a cup of coffee at our Ko-Fi page, which is ko-fi.com slash P-U-I-S-Pod, or just tell a friend about us. It really does make a difference. All of our links and social accounts are available in the show notes. And if you'd like to hear more from either of us, my other shows are The Walk Show, which explores the walk of life through a variety of interviews, and The Crowfall Podcast, which shares stories and perspectives from the MMO Crowfall. Brett's podcast, Dungeons and Dinners, is where the love of fantasy is food for thought, and all of these shows can be found on any available podcast app. Music